champions at this morning. I'm Pastor Sean Strickland. I'm here with my super cute husband, Pastor Edwin Strickland, and we are the pastors of Fellowship of Champions Church International, and we are meeting from our hub in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and we are super excited to have you. Now, you know there's some things we want you to do, and some of you are already doing it. We want you to, number one, share the video, share it, put it on your Facebook page, on your Facebook story. If you haven't liked Fellowship of Champions page, you may be watching from Edwin's page. You may be watching from my page. You may be watching from my professional page. If you are, we think we appreciate you from wherever you watch from, but could you go to Fellowship of Champions and like that page, right? That will let you be aware and get notifications of everything that we do from Fellowship of Champions. And we want to know where you're watching from this morning. Listen, we have partners all over the world. And so we have people from Vegas this morning and Georgia, and we have people from Maryland and obviously people from Arkansas. And we're just super excited to see all of you guys. And we're so thankful for our covenant partners, whether they're local partners or whether they're virtual partners. We're excited for every one of you. We love you so much. Listen, here's what we're going to do. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And so what we want to do is 13 seconds of praise. So we want your hearts. We want your little flip arrows in the comment, your little flip emojis in the comments. We want you giving God some praise because the Bible says to enter into his course with thanksgiving and enter into his gates with praise. So let me hear you praise him this morning. God is good. God is gracious. God is merciful. He is so kind to us. He is wonderful. He is magnificent. And we bless your name. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Where are my praisers this morning? And if you're going to be a champion, you have to be a praiser Mm. because there are going to be things that happen in your life. And what's going to break the power of the enemy of your life in your life is your praise. Some of you may be going through something this morning. You might not necessarily feel that good. You might not have slept that well. You might have a physical issue, a family issue, a job issue. But I dare you to just begin to open up your mouth this morning and give God some praise. While people are giving praise, that 13 seconds of praise, if you're a first time visitor, this your first time with us, can you comment this morning so that our virtual greeters can say good morning to you? And when we say comment, let us know, say first time visitor. <laughs> that way we actually see it show up, not you just saying amen or something like that, but let us know you're actually a first time visitor. Be like, I'm first time and I'm from so-and-so. And don't worry, we're not going to put the camera on you and make you be like, I don't know how you grew up, but we grew up when we went to visit the church, we had to be like first giving on to God and tell who we, we were and who our pastor was. You don't have to do any of that. We just glad that you are here this morning and we want to worship and fellowship with you because we're excited about what God is doing. And so let's use Psalms 112 right quick as we get it perfectly sets us up because I want I want to read it out of the Passion Translation and then we're going to do our announcements at the end this morning. Um, and if you notice when you come on on the beginning of the intro that we use, it has the announcements at the beginning. So we're not going to say them and then we'll do them at the end. But I want to use the Passion Translation because it goes in alignment with this teaching that we're doing about our covenant of prosperity and how God is setting us up to win. Um, And so we're going to use Psalms 112 in the Passion Translation. And I want you to participate when you hear this. This is one of the things that we're really big on doing in 
at Fellowship of Champions that when we hear a scripture give us an instruction, we do what that scripture tells us to do. It teaches us obedience, right? So Psalms 112, it says, shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Are you Hallelujah. shouting? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Shout in celebration of praise to the Lord. Yes. It says, everyone who loves the Lord. I got any God lovers out there? Everyone who loves the Lord and delights in him will cherish his words and be blessed beyond expectation. That's Amen. me. Amen. That's me. Everyone who loves the Lord, where my God lovers out there, everyone who delights in him and everyone who cherishes his words, if that's you, you should say, that's me. That's I, me. Qualify I qualify because I qualify for this, right? He says the person who loves the Lord, the person who delights in the Lord and the person who cherishes his words will be blessed beyond, beyond expectation. expectation. I love that because Ephesians 3.20, it says mm -hmm. God will do exceeding abundantly, abundantly above all oh. that we ask or think. Oh. That means that if we made a list of everything we were yes. believing for, right, yeah. that God would do more. But it tells us right here how we qualify. You got to be a person who loves the Lord, a person who delights in him and a person who cherishes his yes. words and you will be blessed beyond, beyond expectation. expectation. Verse two says their descendants will be prosperous and influential. Every generation of the righteous will experience his favor. Say this, say the favor of God is all over my life. The favor of God is all over my life. The favor of God is all over my life. And then it says great blessing and wealth Fill the house of the wise. Now, this is so important because the first verse tells us how God defines wisdom. Mm -hmm. We love him. We delight in him and we cherish his words. Yes. It says if you're this kind of person, great blessing and wealth will fill the house of the wise for their integrity endures forever. Yes. That's our praise scripture yes. this morning. And I want you to give God some praise. We're going to pray over Glory service this Hallelujah. morning. I want you to set your intention for something very specific when we pray. Pray that your eyes will be open to see what God is doing and your ears will be open to hear and your heart will be open to receive because God is always giving out answers. Yeah, and that's really our prayer. Our prayer is like the Apostle Paul when he said, I would that your eyes would be flooded with light. In other words, you would receive all the revelation that God has for you individually and that all the revelation that God has for us universally, that whatever you need, God is ready to pour it out upon us lavishly. And we're praying this morning that you're in a position to receive all that God has. And this is so important because James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Well, you're, you started out last week giving us some very important instructions on how to prepare for what's yep. coming, but we don't have to try to figure it out in our intellect. No. We can pray for wisdom. Wisdom. But when we pray for wisdom, we want to be open to what God is saying, because the Lord gave me a word last year. I believe it was in August that how he was going to prosper us was seemingly insignificant instructions. Mm -hmm. There are things that God asks us to do and they don't really make sense. We saw that when we were remodeling our house. Well, we say all the time it don't make sense, but it makes God. It don't make sense, but it make God. And because the Bible tells us that God intentionally chose the foolish things of this world to mm -hmm. confound the wise. So your solutions, your, your solutions are going to be found in the seemingly small, 
instructions. This is not the time to neglect. It's never the time, really. But this is not the time to neglect the small instructions that God is giving us. So we want to pay attention. So let's go into prayer this morning. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We thank you for Jesus. Glory to God. Because of Jesus, we are redeemed. We have the right to come and cry, Abba, Father. We have the right to be seated in heavenly places. We have the right to be far above all powers and principalities because we are hidden in Christ. And we thank you that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in us. Christ in us is the hope of glory. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, your job is to teach us and to lead us into all truth. And so we release you over the airways. We release you into every home to do what only you can do. Even the places where we think we're smart, but we off. Even the places where we think we're wise, but in the kingdom, what we think is ignorant. We pray for truth to come today and that you would search the heart of the Father and show us what's been made available to us and has been freely given to us. Now we we pray for anyone who may come across this live today, who may be discouraged, who may be disgruntled, and someone who may be even the lost, Father God. And we thank you that they will come across at the right moment and they will be grabbed by your love, grabbed yes. by your presence, grabbed by your immense love for them, and that this will be a turnaround day for them, that the backsider will come home, that the unbeliever will get saved, that the um, discouraged will find the joy of the Lord. And we thank you for the signs, wonders, and miracles one of the things you have promised us is that if we teach the word, there will be a demonstration. And so we thank you for the demonstration confirming this word in Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're so excited about this opportunity to teach. I told you on last week uh, that when we were traveling back from Central Arkansas uh, Memorial Day, uh, that the Lord really began to speak to me uh, about this particular word that he wanted me to share with our partners. And I know that anytime God asked me to share Uh, a word like this, it's because he's preparing us for what's to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I said last week that I know, you know, you can look at the news and uh, you you don't have to be uh, a student to even know that we are headed into uh, what they are predicting to be some perilous financial times. Um, And that doesn't have to uh, scare us and that doesn't have to shock us because we understand that God has already prepared the citizens of the kingdom to be taken care of by the kingdom and that there is no shortage in the kingdom. But what happens is we we find a, a lot of kingdom citizens who aren't living according to the kingdom, and then they have to find their sources in other places. And so last week I was talking about uh, this message and we entitled it Understanding Kingdom Prosperity through the eyes of God's covenant. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about part two of this, but I want to just take a moment and just kind of recap some of the highlights that we talked about last week, because I spent about 90 minutes really just doing the introduction. So this idea of understanding kingdom prosperity through the eyes of God's covenant uh, is so important because I don't want us to just talk about kingdom prosperity because when people hear kingdom prosperity, a lot of times what they just think of is how much money do you have? Yes. But kingdom prosperity goes much 
beyond just how much money you can have. Because in the kingdom, when you think about it, you don't even actually have to have money in order to be on assignment because God will give you an assignment. And when you're on that assignment, he'll give you all the resources you need. So it's not just about storing up money. It's And, and it's not even just about money because we know that kingdom prosperity is total life prosperity. Total life prosperity. It's about your health. It's about your relationships. It's about your mind. It's about your body. It's about all of that. And so one of the things we talked about about last week is we said that as born again believers, we are the ones in the world who ought to be envied rather than pitied. Amen. But a lot of times in the Amen. church, it's almost the opposite. It's the church that the world is pitying. Like the church is always having to ask the world for a handout. The church is having to ask the world to come help us. When in reality, if we would get in line with this idea of this kingdom prosperity through the eyes of God's covenant, what we would find out is the world would have to be coming to us for solutions. We would have the banks. We would have all the organizations that, that the world needs. But yet, because we haven't stepped into that as a body, we find ourselves oftentimes being the ones pitied rather than the ones envied. And, and you know, that's been in your heart for a long time. It has been. You know, even, I mean, I think about just how much we've grown over the years, but how was, that was in your heart very early on that we did not believe that the church should be out asking the community to help us like with backpacks, yeah, yes. that that should be coming from us and we should do it. And we've seen it happen with our scholarship. Mm -hmm. That is, we did what we could. Mm -hmm. We started where we were based on faith and then organizations came and said, we will match you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But we didn't wait on them to show up with us and say that they were willing to help us. And we didn't say that we couldn't do something until somebody else showed up. Right. We believe one of the things and you guys ought to grab this this morning. We believe in Fellowship of Champions that every single thing that we need to do, every single thing is already in the house. Tell your neighbor, say it's in the house. It's in the house. It is in the house. Now, I wanted to jump in and do And, and let me just say, if it's not in the house, God will put it on someone's heart to do it not we don't have to beg to do it we don't have all to we have to do is say hey here's what like our scholarship fund we in july we're going to go on our scholarship push what we say is hey this is an opportunity for you to sow into somebody else's life but we're not saying you know if you don't help us we're not going to get this done no 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 god told us to do this it will get done. The question is, do you participate with God? Come on. But it's going to get done. It's going we to are get going done. to fund the scholarships. If God has to pick a remote man from Tibet to give us all we need or whatever we have to do, he'll do that because this is his assignment. We're just participating in, in an assignment that God has given us. And so that I think that's a distinction. We're not saying that we don't ever get anything from anybody else. What we're saying is we don't beg. We, we put out we put out what God is doing and let people partner with that. Well, and to clarify, when I say it's in the house, I mean that whenever God gives you something, mm -hmm. everything you need is already contained within that word sure. that he's giving mm -hmm. you. Absolutely. So whether he uses someone from Tibet right. as your example yep. or whether he uses me or whether he uses right. you, it's already contained in that it's word in that he gave. Yeah. Right. And I was thinking that somebody may wonder, they may wonder, why would God give you a word like this? And people may not have read this scripture, but in Amos three and seven, it says, surely the Lord will do nothing unless he reveals his secret unto the servants, the prophets. Mm -hmm. God has never intended for us to live life being sucker punched. Right. 
He's never intended for us to be in the middle of a famine wondering how we got here. His desire has always been to have people who are so in tune with him that when he says this is the way we need to shift and this is the way we need to move, we get on that word even if it doesn't look like that. You see that with Noah. He tells Noah 125 years before it's going to rain. He says, look here, you got to build this ark. When we get a word like this about what's coming, it's in time for us to build the ark. It it's time for us to build the preservation that is going to keep us so that in those times we can be envied and not pitied yeah. and we can become the example. And the way we do that, that's what we started talking about last week. Okay, how do we get in a position to do that? And so we took a look last week, and I'll do it again this week, at First Timothy. 6, 17 through 18. First Timothy 6, 17 through 18. And here's what it says. It says, charge them, now watch this, that are rich in this world. He says that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Now those two things are very key right there. He says, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now this is important. He says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. He didn't say charge them because they were rich. He didn't say uh, to berate them because they had. He said charge them, remind them that they not be high-minded and put their trust in these earthly riches. He says, but put their trust in the living God. He didn't say you couldn't have earthly riches. He just simply said, don't put your trust in them. Don't put your trust he in says, them. and you, you put your trust in the living God because he gives us all things richly to enjoy. It then says that they do good. Now notice, he says, here is how you connect with the kingdom, that you do good. It says that they be rich in what? Good, good works. works. Not just rich in material things. That's okay. But God says the connector here is that you be rich in good, good works. works. And good and works are God works. God works. Not just things that you do to make you feel good. It's being led by God. Whatever God says to do and you do it, it is good. Yes. It's, it's, it's the language that we see in Genesis when he said he looked out and he saw and, and it was good. Yeah. And he did this and it was good. He made this and it was good. Why? Because it was always contributed out of God. Everything out of God is good. Amen. And so I he like says, that. he says, they that do good, um, he says that they be rich in good works. And I like this ready to what? Distribute, Distribute and willing to what? Communicate. When he says that, he says, here's what I want you to do. To be connected to the kingdom, you need to be a person who's not just, not just rich in earthly things, but you need to be rich toward God. You need to be rich toward me. And then when you're rich to, toward me, I need you to have a readiness in you to not only do good, but to do good works. Yes. Don't just be a good person, but be doing good works. Do those things I've told you to do. What are the things I'm going to tell you to do? I want you to be ready to distribute because there are some people in this world I want to bless and I want to bless them through you. There are some things I want to get done. There's some things I want to finance and I want to finance them through you. He says, so I need you to be ready to distribute and I need you to be willing to communicate. What that means is, he says, I've called you into the kingdom and part of your responsibility in the kingdom is to be a blessing to other people. To be a blessing to other that people. That you are supposed to be a blessing to other people. And I said last week, I said, one of the things we have to remember is that wealth in the kingdom is essentially an entrustment. And someone asked me last week, last week, they said, okay, what is an entrustment? And I guess I didn't define that really, but, but here's what it is. Think about it like this. You and I can take all of our assets, everything that we own, and we can put all of those assets into a trust. 
We can then decide that that trust will dole out to our children or anybody else we want to in a manner that we deem appropriate. That means that even when we are gone, that trust is still doing what we wanted to do. So what God did for us, and this is why I say wealth is, in, is an entrustment. God knew exactly what we would need financially to get all of our assignments done. Every person in this world, he knew exactly yes. what they would need to get their assignment done. And what he did is he took everything they would need and he put it in a trust for them. But now in the trust, you and I can say, in this trust, our kids will, will only get X amount of dollars per year if they X. It could be are in school, graduate, uh, uh, don't have a felony record. I mean, we can set the stipulations. And as long as they abide by those stipulations, they get what's in that trust that's coming to them. Well, the same thing is true to us. God's put everything we need in trust. The question is, are we going to live according to what is written in that trust or that agreement or that covenant? And as long as we live according to that covenant, we get doled out everything God has ever made for us. No, I love this. Now, I wasn't here last week. Mm -hmm. I was in a training and I was supposed to be listening to the training. But when you got to this part, I turned the training off and pushed in because this thing I think people miss. I hear a lot of people in the body of Christ and I hear people in the natural. And I think this is very important. Your parents don't owe you an inheritance. No. You, you, your parents do not owe you an inheritance. You do not obtain an inheritance and you are not an enti entitled to an inheritance. God does not owe you wealth. Right. God, then you're not entitled to wealth in the kingdom, but there is wealth entrusted to you. Yes. And when wealth is entrusted to you, I, you now, the, anytime something is in a trust, there is a qualification yes. for withdrawing. It is. For example, we could say we want to, we could have a trust that reaches beyond the grave. Sure. We could say we are setting up a camp strict trust that will send our children's 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 children and beyond seven generations mm -hmm. to school, whether that school is college, trade school, or some other kind yep. of school, right? Yep. I don't care how much money is in that trust. They do not have the right to say we want to use that money to buy a house. That's right. That money is not set aside to buy a house. That money is set aside for your education. Yes. And I believe when I stopped listening to the other training last week, because I thought this was a piece of wisdom that the people of God need to hang on to, because there are times where we are frustrated and we feel entitled to get something. But we need to ask how we read the terms of yep. the trust. Yep. Are we participating, doing the things that God is telling us to do? Are we over here offended with God, our parents? other people for not doing things for us that were that God never agreed to do and our parents never agreed to do. Well, and this is what we were saying last week. We were saying that in essence, when you really get to understanding what this covenant is, what you understand is that God only allows his prosperity. Now you can get money other way. We're talking, about God's, prosperity. We're talking about God's prosperity. But the only way you get God's prosperity is that you can be trusted. You can be trusted. You have to be trusted. It's the reason that he says in Luke 16 and 11, he says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, he said, if you can't even be faithful where, where earthly money is concerned, he said, who's going to commit to you your uh, who's going to commit to your trust the true riches? In other words, who if you can't deal, if you can't go to school, why am I going to take money out the trust to give you for your education? He says, I have I have laid up for you an entrustment. 
But this entrustment has a particular purpose. It has a reason for being there. And it's not just so that you can get it and live how you want to. So in order for you to get it, you have to be in line with the covenant, which is why I was saying it's so important for us to think about this idea of understanding prosperity through the eyes of God's covenant. You know, I won't go through a, a lot of the recap that we did last week. But you, one of the things I think is important, though, is that when we talk about trusting God, it is so important that you understand if you can't deal with God appropriately where your earthly money is concerned, he is under no obligation whatsoever to give you additional resources. And that's the thing that people 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 want God to do. They, in essence, want him to violate his covenant. They want they want to say my situation is so personal. My situation is so unique. I need this so bad, God. I need you to violate what you have established to do it for me. But, but the Bible says that when he established his covenant, that if his that if he were to go outside of his covenant now, he have to cease or stop being God. And he's not going to do that for any of us. And I think that this is so important because you and I have been talking about this when we walk, which is that we have a misconnect. We have a miscommunication in the kingdom that we need to fix. God loves us unconditionally, period. Yep. But God loving us unconditionally doesn't mean that God gives us everything that we are asking for. Because I love, you know, when you start talking about this, I got stared up because really what you're saying is that when if God is entrusting something to us, we're talking about the issue of stewardship. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the issue of stewardship. Let's say you go out and you get a job at Target as a cashier, right? Why would anybody make you a customer service manager when you don't handle customer service, when you can't even get the people in your yeah. line checked out? Yep. Why would they make you from take you from a customer service manager to a department manager, to an assistant store manager, to a store manager when you're not faithful? And that's yep. what the Bible says. If you're not faithful over little, we don't understand that God is the God is the best, most strategic businessman ever. Yes. And he is all he loves us all the same. He loved, tell, tell your neighbor, he loves us all the he same, does. but he does not entrust us all the same because what he entrusts us with depends on what we do with the little we have been given. And I thought that that was so good when you said it. And I said, man, if the people of God would just get that part, right? Yep. This part that God's loving me separate. And I love when you started talking about covenant. Why? Because covenant always denotes it always denotes when God entered into covenant with us, there's a part God plays and there's a part we play. And if there's not a part we play, like the rainbow, yep. he makes it clear we don't pay a part in it. Yep. But in salvation, we play a part in it. We get saved because we participate in the covenant. Well, I was thinking about it like this this week. So so in, in Ralph, Ralph Marlowe and now Pastor Ralph, we, we, we have a partnership agreement for Command Your Day. Uh, it was a partnership agreement that we, that we went into. Here's the thing that happens. Anytime you're going to go into business or anything with anybody, the most important thing you can do is to have what they call a meeting of the minds. Come on. You need to have a meeting of the minds. When you have a meeting of the minds, what it says is, I have articulated in writing 
and you have articulated in writing what I can expect from you and what you can expect from me. Because you can have two people who are both honest and who are both doing their absolute best and they can still have a disagreement if that if that thing hadn't been written out. Mm -hmm. If it hadn't been, the, 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 in, the, in, in legal terms, they talk about what's between the four corners. Mm -hmm. What is written on that piece of paper? And so what the Lord has done for us is he has put in between those four corners everything we can expect from him. But the problem is many of us don't know what's in the partnership agreement. It's like in the partnership agreement that Raph and I have, if that partnership agreement were to say something like, hey, if we make X amount of dollars, we'll take a draw uh, every quarter. But the reality of that is if, 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 if he doesn't read that or I don't read that and we go, hey, where's my draw this quarter? We can have a falling out because we didn't understand that there was a certain amount of money that was supposed to be made before you take the draw. You have to have a meeting of the minds. How do you have a meeting of a mind? You got to read God's word. And, and this is really different because when you and Ralph are in covenant, in, in partnership, y'all are equal players. We are equal players. But when we're in covenant with God, he's already set the parameters of the agreement and said, this is how we get in. Well, we, and, and actually we still are equal players with God. He says, look, here's my covenant. Here's what I'll do. Because if we weren't equal players, then we could do everything that God said do. And he could go, no, I'm not going to do that. But he doesn't do that. We were equal players in the sense that he says, here's the covenant. You do your part. I promise you, I'll do mine. I mean that we don't get to negotiate the terminology of the contract. Right, we don't get to right, right, I, right. I mean in terms of that, we're not negotiating the terminology. In some ways, we do negotiate. You think? Yes, here's how. He says, here's my covenant. I can negotiate to either come into it or I can negotiate to stay out of it. He doesn't push me into his covenant. I said that. this last week, God will allow you to live at any level you decide to settle for. So you can decide to live outside of his covenant and he will love you just the same. Or you can come into his covenant and he will love you just the same. The difference is what you what you negotiate to live by. Am I willing to negotiate to live by this covenant so I receive all of these things that's in the covenant? Or do I negotiate and say I'm going to do it my own way and I stay out here? He's such a gentleman. He'll love me regardless of what I do. Amen. But now once I'm in the covenant, I can't be picking and choosing. I get what you're saying. <laughs> but he does allow us to decide whether we want to be in the covenant or not. Amen. In fact, he even says to us in Luke chapter 12, verse 21, he calls, he says, he says, so he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. It basically says that person is a fool. He says, you're a fool if you spend, you're a fool if you negotiate to live outside the covenant. When I made a covenant for you, you a fool. You a fool. If you think it's we better for say you, fool growing up, so they always make me a little cringy when well, it be I'll like say you, it for you. You a stone cold fool. Now you don't add stone cold <laughs> if you decide to but live outside true. of God's covenant. That's what the NLT says. It says, "Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship, relationship with God." Rich and you know why you're a fool? Because you don't have to do yes. that. You don't. You don't have to make that exchange. No. You don't have to say the only way for me to have money is to go away from God. And if I'm with God, I got to be broke. You literally can come into the covenant and live a blessed life. And the thing that He does that the world can't do, He says, "My blessing will make you rich." and add no sorrow with it. Yeah, that's right. That's I true. love that. Well, and you think about it, and, 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 and like you said, if you make, if you decide that you got to go away from God to get whatever you call in prosperity, he says, then when you get it, you got to keep it. You got to keep you it. You got to keep it. You got to maintain it. He said, but you can come over here and in this covenant, there's nothing that can be stolen from you. 
It's the reason mm. that he says in Proverbs 23 and 4 and verse 5, he says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. He said, but be wise enough to know when to quit. He says, in the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. He's talking about that earthly kind of prosperity. You know, if, if, if you got to maintain your own healing, you got to maintain your own sanity, you got to maintain your own relationship. That's a lot of work. He literally wants what he what he wants us to do is to come into the covenant with him. And he wants us to just rest. He just wants us to rest. Oh, I love this. It just makes me think about how gracious and kind God is mm -hmm. and how he's thought of every area of our life. Right. And the disappointment that I see for a lot of believers sometimes is they decide what they want yep. and then they expect God to bless it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we see this a lot of times when we're counseling people with marriage and we'll say to them, did God say that's your spouse? Did God say marry them? And then it's like, oh, well, I like them because they have these characteristics. I like them because they make me feel good. But did God say, why is that so important? Because you are not exempt from life circumstances. Mm -hmm. Just like famine, just yep. like drought, yep. just like bad times in your relationship. You're not exempt from that, right? And what we need to know is we need a word from heaven to anchor us and to protect us from the corruption yep. that the enemy will try to bring to our lives. Absolutely. So if I go out here, I, I can use my education. I can use networking. I can get any kind of job I want. I can negotiate contracts. I can do all of that stuff. But if I do it in my own strength, mm. I am responsible yep. for maintaining. Absolutely. That's why we try to teach people nothing wrong with wanting a new car, nothing wrong with wanting a new house, but get it in the timing of the Lord. Because if you get the house God called you to get, he's responsible for maintaining. Yep. If you get the house you want, you're responsible for maintaining. It's what we. It's what I had a conversation about this young minister who's talking about uh, going out and starting a church. And I said, listen, there's nothing wrong with starting a church. You just got to make sure that God said to do it. Because if God said to do it, he becomes responsible for making sure that everything you need is there. But if you go out and you do it on your own time, then you become responsible. God is not responsible for financing our ideas. Ooh. He is responsible for financing his ideas, for financing the things that he says is important to the kingdom. And, and you know, if one of the, I, I think you should say that again, yeah, I, said, I felt God, God is not responsible for financing our ideas, He is responsible for financing His. You ought to put that in the comments. God you know, is not responsible for financing. I'm not, he, God isn't here to build my kingdom, He's not. God isn't here to produce my agenda. Well, He even tells us, and we'll talk about that, that He even says, Listen, I'm going to give you power, I'm going to give you power to get wealth. But I need you to know why I'm giving you the power. I'm giving you the power to get wealth so that you can go about establishing my kingdom in the earth. You are going to be an ambassador for me or a steward for me. You know, and we were taught, I don't want to forget this because Clarissa said something in her post. She said, she said, nothing can be stolen from me if it's in the trust. And, <laughs> I, and I got to thinking about this. <laughs> I got to thinking about this because when you are, when, when, when you put all of your assets into the trust, even if someone sues you, they can't get what's in the trust. Yeah. So God was so wise and so smart that he took everything that belonged to us and put it in an entrustment for us so that even the enemy can't steal it from us. Now, you may live your whole life without it because you don't come into agreement with the covenant. He says, but once you come into agreement with the covenant and you get it that way, not even the enemy can steal it from you.
Man, that's so good. This really, this blesses me so much because I, I, I don't know who I was talking to last week. And I said, it just reminds me of all the things I learned in law school. And one of the things that I do think that people really miss is that, um, that the kingdom of God has laws, has laws. and it has protocols yes. and it has procedures. And, and if you remember several months, that's where, that's where we get this whole system of government from. We didn't make it up. <laughs> right. It, 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 we didn't make up this right. system of government. Right. It is a, every system of government in the earth is, is, is a type and shadow yes. of the government of God. Yes. And here's what really happens. And, 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 and sometimes people in the natural have trouble understanding this, mm -hmm. right? It's that the truth of it is, is that we have children, we have spiritual children, and we have natural children who call us their pastors, mm -hmm. right? And the way that we would engage with them personally is not necessarily the way that we would engage with them in official capacity. Right. And if they don't understand how to flow between those things, now, where am I going with that? Yes, God is our father, yes. but he is also the king of kings. Yes, he is. And there is a difference in how we approach God in an intimate setting yep. and how we approach, approach God when we're dealing with covenant transactions. Mm -hmm. And I believe that one of the challenges has been is that when so many people are like, oh, God is my friend. Oh, God is my homie. He's God my is my friend. Boy. God is my yeah. homeboy. I'm a friend of God. And then now you think, here's the thing. I have friends, friends that sit on the bench and they're judges. If I went, if we went to lunch, I don't call necessarily call them judge or oh, your honor or right. your honor. Right. But I wouldn't dare walk in their courtroom and handle them by their first name. Right. And, and and some of it is that we don't un, we're, we're offended with God because we don't understand the honor and the protocol of the system. Yeah. So we're calling for prosperity, we're calling for increase, but we don't even understand the reasons, and so therefore we're not participating in what would allow us to access what's Absolutely. been freely given to absolutely. us absolutely uh, yeah it's good stuff right here you know and so then so we talk about this idea of the covenant and why the covenant is so important so let's take a look i think it's the deuteronomy uh 29 and 9 deuteronomy 29 and 9 it says this it says keep therefore this is the king james version it says keep therefore the words of this covenant he says keep them in other words that when we that word that when he talks about keep them he means not only to remember them but to do, do them. them. <laughs> he says, keep therefore the words of this covenant. He says, and do them. Why? That they may what? Prosper in all that you do. I like what it says in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, therefore, obey the terms of this covenant. There's that word. It's a legal term. The terms of this covenant. He says, we have an agreement. We have a contract. He says, I need you to obey the terms of this covenant so that you will prosper. I like this. In what? Everything that, that you, you do. do. Why? Because I'm only doing what he's told me to do. So if I'm only doing what he's told me to do, the covenant is designed to make me prosper in everything. In everything. My marriage ought to be prosperous. My relationship with my kids ought to be prosperous. My career should be prosperous. If, if my, my business should be prosperous. My health. My health should be prosperous. My, my, my mental state should be prosperous. Everything about my life should be prosperous. You know, we had a one of our one of our command your day uh, affirmations the other day was was that everything I do prospers. And and, 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 and and someone was like, you know, it's just hard for me to say that it's hard for you to say it because you're doing things outside of the covenant. 
The covenant says everything you'll do will prosper. You teach it. When I'm in the covenant, it's not my responsibility to make it prosperous. It's the covenant's responsibility. This is what God said. It would be like saying, it'd be like something very simple. It'd be like you saying to somebody, hey, if you come in out of the rain into my house, you'll be dry. So all their responsibility is to do what? Come inside the house. It's now your responsibility to make sure the roof is done, to make sure the walls is done, to make sure that it's dry. And and if you can maintain it being dry, it could rain forever. As long as they're inside the house, they be what? Dry. Dry. So if I live in the covenant, I don't care what's going on outside. Now we get to what we're talking about. I don't care what financial disaster is coming. I don't care how high meat prices are getting. I don't care that they're doing this thing called shrinkflation, where they're charging me more for less products in the store now. I don't care that gas is going up to $4 a gallon. That's on the outside. I'm inside the covenant. And it says inside the covenant that if I keep those words, Everything I do shall prosper. And I, everybody say obey the terms. Obey I the love terms. that. Obey the terms. He said you got to obey, obey the terms. Obey the terms. Obey the terms of this o- covenant. Obey the terms. So that you will prosper. Not just prosper in, in, a, in a couple of things. We got to believe the word. It says in what? Everything. In everything. You do. You do. I remember this. This is one of the only things we negotiated in the terms of our marriage when we first got married. You said to me, you said, I promise I you, promise you, as long as we are married, yep. I will make sure, make sure you can get your hair and your nails done. That's that was like, Because he was like, you could afford to do it before me. And I promise you, you will never have to not have nails or not go to the beauty shop unless that is what your choice. Your choice. Yep. But the condition is as long as we are married. Right. I can't divorce <laughs> you and then be like, Ellen, can you send me the money to get my nails like, done? Uh-uh, you got to take that out of child support. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's really important because that's a really good example of God will tell us something and he will say, if you do this, then here is how you the access Bible is that. Full yes. of those if-then conditional yes. statements. Yes. He says, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, yes. then you would be saved. So that's that that's a conditional if-then statement, you know. But but again, it's in that covenant. I want to go back to this covenant you made okay. with me though. So then what <laughs> happened is we went through a period of time where I did not get my nails done and my right. hair done because I was working on some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But you gave me that money for the other stuff because you were like, this is what I agreed to yep. do. Yep. You need to understand that many of you, you are sitting there with deposits that mm. already have your name mm. on them. Money that's already mm. been allotted for you. Favor that's already been mm. allotted for you. Business clients that have already been allotted for yep. you. The provision of the next level that's already been allotted for you. My but God. you standing out in the rain. Mm. Come in the house. Come in the Come house. Come in the house and get out of the rain. And now here's what happens though. A lot of believers, they go because God loves me, he should make it start bringing. Mm. Yes. Talk about that. Because God loves Mm -hmm. me. Because God loves me. He knows I can't afford to tithe. He knows I can't sow sacrificially. He knows I'm a single mother. That's why I can't obey him and get the certification like he told me to. So he should just make it stop raining. Mm. He told me to get a job. I don't want to work right now. Mm. I I ain't working right now. Mm. He should just make the money come. Mm. He told me that now was the time to expand my business. I don't want to expand my business right now. He told me it was a, we want God to just stop the rain. 
rain. And then we get offended when we see someone else not getting rained yep. on when all we got to do is come in the house That's too. It. That's it. Just come, come in the, the house. house too. Come in the house. Man, that's good. Is this is good to y'all? This is good to us because we really want people to understand this. This covenant is so much bigger than money. Money is such a small part of it, oh, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know, you 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 look at people who have money who are miserable. Yes, that is indication that money doesn't make you happy. But you look at people who who don't have money and, and, and they're miserable. That's indication of being poor doesn't make you happy. So you can be rich and poor and still be unhappy. But in the kingdom, he says, you're going to prosper in everything you do when you keep the terms of the covenant. I love what Ebony just said. She said, if, where's her coming? She says, it's already been allotted for me if I obey the terms. Yes. If I obey the terms. Somebody else asked earlier, how do I come in out of the rain? Obey God. Obey and this God. is really important. I got to say this because the Bible says, he says, if you, he says, if you'll be established, if you believe God, you will be established. Mm -hmm. And if you believe the prophet, you will prosper. And one of the things that the enemy will do is that he will convince people that they don't need fivefold ministry gifts in their life. And there will literally be someone who has the word of God for your life. And then you will treat them like a peer yep. and discount it. Yep. And I remember when that Sunday in 2019, when you said and everybody, you ought to take this word right now. Your seed today ought to be attached to this word. You said, God told me every partner of FOC is in position and anointed to make 100K. Yep. That's what you said. You said every single partner, everybody put every single partner. Yep. So whether you are a virtual partner, yep. whether you are a local partner, yep. whether you are a partner who is a child, whether you are an old partner, a single partner, a white partner, a black partner, a male partner, or a female partner, our man of God said to us, the Lord says that every single partner in this ministry is anointed to make at least a hundred K. I remember the Sunday that I said it because I, I actually paused before I said it out loud because it was like the Holy Spirit told me to say it and I got ready to say it. But then my mind said, don't say that because what about the people who don't make a hundred thousand? And immediately the Holy Spirit said, whether they make it or not, it's already in their trust. It's already whether they go get it or not, it's been entrusted to them. And so I said it and, you know, praise God. There have been people who come back and said, Pastor, you know, you, you said that and that pushed me to start my business, to do this, to do this. To do this and I'm making one hundred thousand dollars now. I, I believe that and I don't I can't say about I can't say kingdom wide because that ain't what he told me. But he did say everybody connected to Fellowship of Champions. Everybody connected. Not just people who watch the videos. Connected. Not just the people who, who, who tune in sometimes. Connected. Everybody connected to Fellowship of Champions had an anointing on their life. Come on. To make six figures. That, 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 was, that was their floor. Not their ceiling. It was their floor. You know, and, and the reality of it is, is when I said it, I was, I was a little... I was a little scared to say it, but you know, at the end of the day, this ain't me telling you. I'm telling you what the spirit of the Lord said. But and I want to talk about it from this perspective, right? Mm -hmm. You're my husband, mm -hmm. and you know that at the time I had been trying to get to break for my business to yep. break a hundred k. It must have been in 2018 when you said it. I had been trying to get my my business to break a hundred k for a couple of years, and I couldn't get over the hump. Yep. Now I could have been like, "Oh, that's just Edwin, my husband." Mm-hmm. 
Or I could say, my man of God just released a word. And the Bible tells me, the Bible tells me that if I believe God, I will be established. But if I believe my man of God, I will prosper. I got up from there. I sowed a seed. And yeah. then you hit my hand yeah. and you said, I'm going to stand here for the people who are employees. And you're going to stand here for the people who are business yeah. owners. And there were people in our church yeah. who broke through and got raises and began to get supernatural shifts because you don't understand how God works. The Even something that was not available to you, the moment God said it, it became available to you. Yeah. You could be like, I'm a cashier. There's still a path for 100K for you. And what happened is there were some people I distinctly remember who even came back and said, well, you know, I don't need to make $100,000 a year. I don't need to make that much. And what I remember saying to them was, listen, that's because you're thinking about you. You need to be a, a six-figure person, seven-figure, eight-figure, nine-figure person because of what God wants to do in the world through you. Come on. It ain't just about you. You may be, you may be comfortable with, with, with 50000 if it, a year if it's just you and your three or your four and no more or whatever it is. But God is like, no, 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 no. I got to find enough people I can trust in this world that I can get plenty of resources to so that when I get ready to distribute, they will hear me and be ready to do good works and to distribute and communicate. He says, that is the reason that I need the people, at least the people connected with Fellowship of Champions. I can't talk about any other church because I don't pastor those. But at Fellowship of Champions, he said, there are some things that I need to get done in the earth and I need the people connected to you to be a part of that. And they can't do it. I'm sorry, being broke. They can't, do, I, 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 I can't get them to buy cars for people. I can't get them to give down payments to homes or to pay off homes. I can't get them to, to, to send kids to college debt free if they don't have nothing. He says, but if you will open up to me, partner with me in this covenant, not only will I take care of all of your needs, I'll give you so much more so that you can be a distribution center. I love it because think about this. What would happen? If every partner in FOC yes. made $300,000, yes. how many scholarships? Fu funded, if every partner funded one full $10,000 scholarship. Well, then we could get out of $10,000 scholarships. And start getting to, to 50 and 60. And We're going to pay for everything yes. related to your college. Yes. What would happen if everybody in yeah. our church had multiple streams of income? And then we could say when a couple gets married and, yes. and they, they're partners of FOC and they're faithful in the ministry, we're going to give them a down yeah. payment for a house. Yeah. What could we do if we could say, you know what? We found out that there is this village or this inner city and the kids don't have uniforms. And what we going to do is we're going to sponsor the school. We yep. buy all of the yep. uniforms, but you cannot do that when you can only think about yourself. And one of the deceptions of poverty and scarcity is to keep you thinking that you got something because it's just yep. enough for you. Yep. Well, and, and, and that's why we talked last week real quick and we'll finish this recap. Up, but this is why we talked real quick last week about the three reasons that God even blesses his people. Why does God even give us resources? Why does God even bless us like that? And we said that one of the reasons I love what put up what um, um, what Trinika just said, FOC distribution center. We oh, call oh, that into ex right there. there. there it we it keeps moving. On. We call it. FOC, come on, everybody begin to press into that. FOC. And I want to get I want you to have an image of this, right? Because we live in Northwest Arkansas, so we see distribution centers around here a lot, right? 
the Walmart distribution center. If you ever seen a Walmart, Walmarts are big. But if you ever seen a distribution center, it's bigger. Huge. They're bigger. They're huge. Everything a Walmart would need to supply its store, they get from a distribution center. Now think about that. FOC is a hub. We're like a Walmart. People come and we give people what they need. But our partners collectively, we're the distribution center. We're the one who supply FOC to I be love able that. to supply everybody in the That's world. Good. We are a distribution center. We the people. FOC is like a Walmart. But 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 we the people That's are the good. distribution center. Every, we, it, uh, we may have five scholarships in FOC. But the people collectively, we got 5,000 scholarships. Come on. So every time we need to dole one out and we run out of resource, we just go to the distribution center and plug it back in. Yes. And that's really how it works. And God says, the reason that I want, the reason I want you, uh, the reason I need you or want you to, 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 to be blessed or empowered is for these three reasons. He says, number one, I need to establish my covenant. He says, I've made a covenant with Abraham before you were ever thought of. He said, I made a promise and now I need you to be a part of that promise. He says, literally Deuteronomy 8 and 18, he says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And you know, I love when he says with an oath because that's that whole part where he says, look, I, I looked around, I couldn't find anything to swear by. So I swore by myself, I will cease from being God if this doesn't happen for you. He says, if you're, if you're aligned with my covenant and I break my covenant, I won't be God anymore. God cannot, he break, cannot his break his covenant. He cannot he break cannot. his covenant. So he wants to establish his covenant. And then the second thing he, he wants to do is he wants to promote his kingdom. He wants to promote his kingdom to every place on the earth, not just America, not just these industrial. I mean, he wants to take the gospel everywhere and it takes resources to do that. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek ye the kingdom of God first or above all else and live righteously. He says that he will give you everything you need. And I like that translation because you always say you got to live like something. You got to live like you gotta something. Live like Everybody something. put that in the comments. Say you got to live like something. You can't something. just be out here saying I'm connected to the kingdom and then living raggedy. He says you got to live, live righteously. Like you got to live like something. You tell our kids that all the time. Y'all got to live, live like, like something. something. You want something from me? You got to live like something. <laughs> you got to live like something. You know, and, and promote but, the kingdom is that here's the thing. We're already seeing this happen. We've had a family say to us, your generosity yep. made me rethink made God. Me rethink you God. made me rethink God. I want everybody to put this in the comments. And even the little 11 year old said, this. Her, her daughter said the same thing. Maybe, made maybe me, church is not what we thought it was. Maybe church is not what we thought it was. I want everybody to put this in the comments. Say my giving is causing people to rethink God. Mm, my giving. My giving is causing, is causing people, people to, to rethink, rethink God. God. <laughs> That's Let right. me tell you something. I just, you know, I say this all the time. Y'all have no idea what a generous, generous, generous pastor we have. We were walking. It was the morning you made me walk early. So what was that? It was Friday hot. morning. It was hot. hot. You had me out there walking early in the morning. <laughs> and we were coming back in from our walk. And yep. you got a phone call because FOC has a number that 
directs to our phone, our phone, Ralph phone, somebody's phone, right? Well, his phone, Ralph phone, not my phone, <laughs> not my phone, right? And there was a man on the phone and he he had just found our number and he was talking to Pastor Edwin and he, and I'm going to be honest, I'm like, man, why are you even answering the phone? We trying to finish our walk, make them leave a message. But that guy had a real need. His wife was about to get released from the hospital. Well, and she he, was at the hospital with their daughter was being released. Their daughter was being released from the hospital and they did not have transportation to get home. Yeah. And Pastor Ellen got involved in that like it was one of our kids. He was like, listen, I'm going to send you an Uber. And he was like, but wait, we need to go to the grocery store too. He said, listen, I'm going to send an Uber for your wife and I'm going to get your wife home. And then when your wife gets home, I'll send another Uber to get y'all to Sam's and then get y'all back home. And I could just hear that guy because at first you could tell the guy was a little, he was like, are you really going to do this or are you just trying to get me <laughs> off the phone, right? And when that first He's Uber like, you gonna, Are you going to answer the phone if I call back? Right. Are you really going to help me? And when that man, when that Uber picked up his wife and then he got his wife and daughter home and then he got and then they went to the store. I could just hear him saying, I just thank God for you. I just thank God for you. I just appreciate God for you. I just appreciate God for you. Now, second Corinthians tells us that mm. our giving will make people give yes. thanks to God. Yes. I believe yes. that there is a generosity that the saints can give to people who are lost that will make them say, what must I do to be saved? Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God mm -hmm. that draws people to repentance. Yeah, yeah. You can take, I think we had that second Corinthians. Let's see if we got second Corinthians nine, uh, nine through 10. I think it says it like this. It says they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Forever. It says for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way. I love this. He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's why we don't trip about the amount of money. You know, I, I meant to say this last week and I didn't say it. I'm, I'm, I just remember. You remember, and I'm not getting off task, but, I, but I, I, want, I want people to understand that there are certain things that we say and sometimes they're prophetic, but then they show up months later and be like, oh my God, that was it. So if you remember, I was talking about um, from November of 2020 until like, I think it was, it was, it was April, I think April, November, December, January, February, March, April to April from the first of November to the end of April of 2021. I gave you a number and I said it, I said how much we had shown into people's lives through benevolence. You remember how much that number was? It was 50,000 or $60,000. It was $60,000. $60, and a lot of people heard that number and said, oh, my goodness. And, and even for us, it was like, praise God, we even had $60,000 to sow into people's lives, to keep them in their homes, to keep them fed, to keep them with their medication, to help keep their phones on. Whatever people needed during that pandemic, when we knew people weren't working, we were able to do it. And we did it because of the people who are listening to this broadcast. Yes. We did it because of you. And so you need to know it wasn't just us. It was you. You sold $60,000. But then in the month of May, in the month of May, we did our first $60,000 month in resources. And, and I, as, we, as I was looking through our finances, here's what I thought. You said five to one. It took us six months 
to, to give sold sixty thousand dollars, and we receive sixty thousand in a month. Come on, y'all want to give God? And I some was praise. like, the people of God need to know they they are they are in position to receive that same grace. Same grace. This what you made happen for all of the. I don't care if you gave five dollars. I don't care if you gave five thousand. I don't care. If Did you, you gave give in obedience? If you gave in obedience, you are in position for a five to one harvest. Not off what you gave, but off of that sixty thousand that we gave collectively. And let me tell you why this is important because a lot of people do not understand why covenant matters and why you need to live like something. It does matter where you it does matter who you partner with. It matters <laughs> who you partner with, but it also matters how you live. Yes. When Joshua, when God told Joshua, he said, Listen, I'm gonna make your enemies bow before you. And then they knocked down Jericho. Yep. And then they got their tails beat yep. by AI. Yep. And when they found out the root of why they was getting their tails beat, it was because it was sin in the camp. Yep. It was literally because, and the sin was a sin regarding money. Yep. He had touched something. Achan had touched something that the Lord told him not to touch. The Lord said, tear all that stuff up. He said, burn Don't it all none up. Of it. But, he, burn he, but it his eyes up. saw something that was good. And that's what happens sometimes. And I'm and, and not to go this direction this morning, but we have some people who come and they watch the video and they love it and they, they hear word and it's good for them. And in some ways it changes their life. But they're like, I can't get a breakthrough in my finances because you see your money as something good for you and you hold on to it even when God has told you to sow it. But if you would obey God in your sowing, then your harvest would increase because that's literally what happened to us. We didn't go into this saying, OK, we're going to give this amount of money and God, you got to give it back to us in a month. We just obey God every time there was a need. In over six months, there was a need of over $60,000. And then in one single month, God allows the people of God to go, okay, I'm going to replenish all of that. And so all of that gets replenished. And so now here we are ready to help more people. And we are helping more Absolutely. people. I, I, I really wish, I wish that people could just be with you in the course of a week. How many times there is a need and not just people who go to FOC. Some of you are I watching don't even, this. I, don't, I honestly don't remember the man's name. And he certainly didn't remember my name because he, he kept calling me the wrong name. But that was, that was fun. Oh, it's so cute. He kept calling him <laughs> Pastor Stranger. Pastor Stranger. But it was okay. It was okay, a, it was it was cute. okay because. He didn't, he didn't have to know my name in order for me to do God's assignment. When he called, I heard God say help. If I hear God say help, all I can do is be a steward. All I can be is a distribution center. I don't have to know his name. And, and I don't even have to know if he's scheming me or not. I don't care. If God said do it, I do it. And now I'm in good graces because I've done what God said. If somebody's scheming me, that's on them. And, 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 and so it's so important because we're not just talking about financial increase. We are talking about, it goes back to the scripture that you use where he says, keep the terms. Keep the terms. And the part of the terms, guys, is holy living. Yes. You got to live of, like something. Part of, you got, part of the terms <laughs> is holy. Everybody say holy living. It's holy living. God is not looking to bless us. <laughs> for be called me Pastor Strange. Pastor Stranger. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Strange. Just do what God said. And part of, part of, Part of the covenant is holy living yep. because God is not looking for a people that he's going to bless you and increase you. And now when you go on vacation, you don't live like something. Come on. Now, now. you say anything. Now you do anything yeah. Yeah. when literally you want to be this the truth. 
Pastor El, everybody knows this. My friend was teasing me. He said, you and Pastor Elwin, y'all love going to Sin City. I said, the truth of it is all y'all city sin, but we righteous wherever, <laughs> wherever we, go. we go. Wherever we go, we That's righteous. Right. You could go to Vegas with us. We don't go to Vegas and live no differently than we live we here. We ain't never showed up on nobody's video. We ain't never showed up. That's be right. <laughs> because if you live holy, holiness has to be the standard for how you live regardless to what Everybody else is doing. Cause you can go to Hot Springs and sin. <laughs> you can go anywhere and sin. Some people sitting at their house. Amen. All right. Okay. So, so Focus. Again, where are you those, taking those us three now? reasons? Let's go back. Those three reasons. One to establish His covenant. Number two to promote His kingdom. And number three to bless humanity through us. I mean, those are the reasons. If you are looking for God to increase you or bless you outside of those three reasons, you're going to be utterly disappointed because he says here, he literally says, here are the reasons that I bless you. Here's why I cause you to increase. Here's why I cause you to be in your right mind. Here's why I have you to have a good relationship. Why? Because number one, I want to make sure that my covenant is, my covenant is established. Number two, I want to promote my kingdom. When people see you in a, in a righteous marriage, they believe marriage is possible. When they see you interacting with your kids appropriately and loving on each other, they see that relationship to be possible. When people see you're making money and you got enough for you and to be a distribution center, they go, wait a minute, I want to be like that too. It's to promote his kingdom. And number three, he wants to bless humanity through us. And one of the most beautiful examples we saw that during the pandemic, it was kind of early when they had just kind of opened restaurants back mm -hmm. out up. And I wouldn't go to a restaurant, right. but your girl would go to a restaurant with you, yep. Canaan. Yep. And you and Canaan went to Waffle, Waffle House. House. Waffle I don't House. know why nobody want to eat there, but y'all like Waffle it. House. Awful House, <laughs> but amen. And so she's sitting there with you, yep. and y'all food isn't even twenty dollars, or it's barely twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean, because we, I mean, we it's it's not that much. And, and she says, much. and she says, Dad, I think the Lord said we're supposed to give this lady a twenty dollar tip. Yeah, that is distribution of good to the earth. Yeah, and then she, and then you, I love that you didn't tell her. Well, do you have twenty dollars? No. I love that you said, "Hey, if you believe we supposed to sow I said, I this, I trust the God in you. I trust you the God if in you." you. Said God said, because first of all, the devil didn't tell you to do it. I know that for a fact. So if you say that the Lord told you we're supposed to be a special blessing to this particular server, then let's do it. Then the only thing is, I wanted her to be the one to give it, and she was afraid to do it. <laughs> she was afraid to do it, but it it so impacted her. And 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 here's the thing: I have just found. The thing I love about God is that God will never ask you to give what you don't have, yep. but he may ask you to give everything you have. Yep. And if he ever asks you to give everything you have, he's sure enough trying to set you up. Yep. Yep. He's trying to make an exchange with and you. And let me talk about this real, since you mentioned giving. When it comes to giving, I don't care who you are. I don't care what level it is. You're going to be tested. We have, we call it what? Choke, choke level. level. Choke level. At some point, God will ask you to give something that will cause you to almost choke at the idea of having to give it. I want to let you know that if you ever pass that test, abundance is on the other side of it. So many people don't pass they that don't. test. I, I want to give y'all. They, they go right up to the line, but they won't. But pass they the won't test. pass that test. They choke out. They punk out. They yep. cave in and quit, and they never get to see the God of the other side. Yep. And I want to give you the first time I remember us having that test, yep. and it wasn't money. Nope. The first time we ever had that test was when we were believing for our first house. Yep. 
We were believing for our first house. Everybody knows this story. Don't despise repetitive teaching. On December 31st of 1999, we were in a service with Bishop Jakes at Reunion Arena in, in, in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Bishop Jakes asked you to give a dollar for, for the age. So if you were 27, give $27, dollar for the age of your family and put it together in an offering. It was me, it was you, it was Tay, and I was pregnant with Chase. So we put that money together. He said, right on the back, what you are believing God for, right? And we were believing God for our first house to be in our house by December 2020. I mean, 20, 20, 2000. 2000. 2000. Now, you guys have heard this story before. Yep. We had bad credit when nobody let us. We didn't know that when we was in college, we weren't supposed to take the water bottles for credit cards. And frisbees. And the frisbees and stuff. <laughs> we had bad credit. I love what Michael said. God gives me a number and I just say, Lord, I trust you and I release Amen, it. So you've Michael. heard it. You've heard Amen. this story, right? Amen. And so anyway, what happens is Amen. we're going through the months and we're just trying to obey God, being faithful in our tithe yeah. and being faithful in this. And let me tell you something. We had made up in our mind that we would never miss another time. That we would never miss another time. And tithe. we even said that if we don't get, that's the whole story. If we don't get our baby nothing for Christmas, we don't care. We are not robbing God anymore. We are not robbing God. Long so, story short, she had a great Christmas. Somebody else provided all this other stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, we, we're, just, we're just walking it out, walking it out. And let me tell you something because this is a place where some of you need to stretch that when $20 is a sacrifice, God honors it. Yeah. But when $20 don't mean nothing to you, it don't mean nothing to heaven. Yeah. And so there are times when you giving $5 and you're giving that $5 by faith, but you could be giving $20 that ain't by faith because yeah. you don't even remember it. Yeah. So we was learning to give by faith. Yeah. We was learning to give by faith and you had got a job to come back up yeah. here. And I was sitting at home and the Lord said, I want you to sew your furniture. Yep. Now, first of all, our living room furniture was the nicest furniture we had. It was the nicest furniture I had ever grown up with. It was the nicest, well, not me, well, but it was, was the, it was the nicest it furniture that we had had in my house, in our house. And it was back then when you used to buy your sets to match and it had a, a, a sofa, a love seat, and, and the little chair and the ottoman. And the Lord said, give it all. Give the tables, give the lamps, give the pillows, give all of it. And I said, who do you want me to give it to? And he he told me who to give it to, and I called. And I, first, and I'll be honest. I remember first saying, of all, I, I called you, and I said, "Babe, <laughs> the Lord just told me that we need to give our furniture away." I said, "What?" I said, are you sure that you heard from God? I said, because you know that if you give this furniture away, we're not going out on no credit and getting no more furniture. The Lord going to have to provide for us some new furniture. Now, are you sure that you heard from God? And I said, you said, yeah. I am sure. And I was like, this girl ain't heard from God. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I ain't going to be the one standing in the way, but she ain't heard from no God on this. <laughs> It's because really you gotta understand that that's the flesh thing, and I've done it at you sometimes sure, where you sure. like give so and so. I'm like, right, God ain't told right, you to give right. that because it's that choke level, yep. guys. And so anyway, the Lord, I call the lady and I say, the Lord, I said, the Lord, I feel like the Lord told me to give you my furniture, and she began to weep, yep. and she said, I was ashamed to have people come to my house because my furniture looked good, but when if you sit on it, it sinks to the bottom, mm -hmm. and I was praying to the Lord. And I said, I don't know how in the world we're going to get furniture. Now, this is August. This is August. Yeah. We give her the furniture or July. We give her the furniture. We move back to Northwest Arkansas. We move into an apartment. We don't have any living room furniture in the thing. We mean no living room, no room, living room furniture. We got an office chair and we give it to our friend Shantae when she come over because she big and pregnant, right? It's literally, we don't have any furniture. 
finally, this girl gives us a couch. And, and I always tell the story like this. I, I hope it don't insult her. It literally was the ugliest couch we had ever seen. <laughs> it is the classic example of you see somebody in the club and they cute and then you get them to IHOP and they not cute. And you like, oh my God. When the lights come done. on. When the lights come on. <laughs> it was this ugly couch, but we were so thankful for that ugly couch. Lord, we thank you. I think you, you was thankful for the ugly couch. See, <laughs> listen, don't y'all be following Pastor Elm. Pastor Elm be having a bad attitude when it's time to do stuff like I'm this. I'm just being honest. I was like, yeah, it's a couch, but this can't be what God... As for us. You, but you, listen, I'll be, don't I be thankful for you stuff. Be really thankful. I'll be so thankful. Just, I be, and, and, I, and I'm glad the Lord gave me you because you are thinking, I'd be like, now Lord, you need to step your game up. This is not, this ain't the wheel. <laughs> Anyway, we took that couch, put a um, put a sheet on it, whatever. And then y'all know this story. And somebody must somebody must need to hear it because we telling it again. Yeah. We get to November, and the Lord said to me, "I thought you told me you wanted a house." by Christmas. And I said, you know, nothing in our credit has changed. And he said to me, you at least got to apply and give me something to work with. That's what he said. Right. So I'm getting ready to get online and look up this, go to this one bank. And he says, no, go. We banked at Arvis. And he said, I want you to go to this specific Arvis. So I called. And I called and I said, I need to speak to somebody in the mortgage company. And I said, um, and this girl answered the phone and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a thing. And she says, is this, is this Sean Strickland? Now, like, oh, first, Lord. oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so the person who's Because you've been trying to call somebody who don't know you. <laughs> is this Sean Strickland? I'm like, I want to hang up at this point. And so I tell her that I need to apply for a house. And this is what she says to me. I know God had you to call. This is my last day in this job. And if you will get here, my mortgage lender will get you approved today. Now, listen, because we spent our whole life sowing seed. I didn't even have a car because I had let somebody use my car to get back and forth to work. Me and Chase was at home. I had to call this girl and say, will you watch Chase and let me use your car to go to the bank? I go to the bank and I'm sitting in there fearing, trembling, y'all sweating because I know for a fact, because here's what y'all don't know. We had co-signed for somebody to get a car and they, they, that's why the Bible say don't co-sign and then they didn't pay the thing. So we knew for a fact that we had a repossession on our credit. Yep. That lady pulls my credit. Glory to God. Glory to God. She said, why did you think you couldn't get a house? Now, I ain't use my words. I said, can I see the credit right, report? Right, because you got to be smart enough not to say nothing. You got to be smart enough not to say nothing. can't they type one of them numbers in wrong and gave you somebody else's credit? She gives me the credit report. And what is not on our credit? No repossession. The repossession is gone. gone. Somebody ought to just praise God for that. It is gone. We went as far as our faith could take us. Our faith took us to sewing the furniture. Our faith took us to going to apply. But there was nothing. It was not on our credit report. And and I drove to your job. And I said, babe, I got to tell you something. And I said, babe. She said, this is the amount. And this, go find you a house. I said, quit playing. That babe said, quit playing. Y'all see how babe do me. But let me tell y'all something. Even when your husband a hater, you better stand on the word. Even when your whole husband is a hater, you better stand on the word. Quit playing. Ain't nobody gave us no house. Ain't nobody gave us no house. And we, we, I showed you the paper. And you said, oh my God. 
Now, this is so important because I'm trying to tell you, listen, God was teaching us how to trust him. He was teaching us how to live in covenant. Because remember, when we made that decision over a year ago, almost a year ago up until before we got, we were living in covenant that whole time. And sometimes just because you start to live in covenant doesn't mean everything changed automatically. And what happens for a lot of people is it didn't happen fast enough for them. So they jump up out of the covenant. They jump out of the covenant. And so anyway, y'all have heard this story. But listen, we end up looking for a house. We know where we want to live. We got one. It's a Saturday and we got to decide on a house by Monday to even be able to close by Christmas. Because they were going to close down shop for, 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 for the holidays. We weren't going to be able to go to title or any of that stuff. So we had to pick. But there, I wanted to live in this one neighborhood. And I said to Edwin, I said, can we ride it one more Time. We have seen so many houses. We have seen so many houses. None, none of them just fit. They none of them fit, but it was like you should be. It was like you should be grateful. But it's like the Bible told us said that he said to Abraham, "Go to a place I'm gonna show you." Yes. Go to yes. a place I'm gonna show yes. you. And God already had always has His anointing on what He's gonna yes. show you because it's already yes. prepared for you. Babe, I said, babe, can we drive it one more time? Y'all know, babe. He like, we can drive it one more time, but you know ain't nothing over like, there. We done seen everything. We done seen everything. You just got to <laughs> pick from what's there. I said, babe, can we drive it one more time? And I'm just going to tell you something. If you got a wife who hear from God, you ought to have the wisdom that Pastor Edwin has that even when he can't see it, he will come with me. Yeah. He will walk with me even when he can't see it. And anyway, we drove around that corner, baby. And when we drove around that corner, this is this we wrapping up here tonight. This is it right here. This is the testimony. This girl said tonight. Tonight. <laughs> we we drove around that corner, and who is standing outside? One of the teachers at the new school that you took the job that moved back. We are back up here for yeah. and who rolled down the window and started talking to her. Yeah. She said, Y'all looking for a house? We like, yeah, we looking for a house. She said, Come in and see our house and see if you like it. We like it. She goes sell us her house. Right. right. So we go in and we look at our house. And we like our house. It is perfect. It, was nice. it is the exact oh, house. Okay. How do we get you out of here? Right. How is <laughs> Anyway, she says, you like my house? We like this. I'm like, baby, this is the house. This is the house. She says, the house next door, even though it doesn't have a sign in front of it, the same builder that built my house, built this house, and I got the key. I can let you in. I'm like, you got the key. You got the key. <laughs> she goes and gets the key, takes us in the house. I walk in. I said, this is my house. Yep. This is my house. This is my house. She says, now we got a realtor. She says, hold on, let me call the builder. She called. By the time my realtor got there, the builder had given us stuff that he, he gave us blinds. Yep. He gave us a fence. fence. And yep. he agreed. Now, you know you're not supposed yep. to do this. Yep. You, he agreed to let us move our stuff in the garage before closing. before closing. Child, listen, hold on. It gets better because, see, now we in covenant, right? Mm. Now my faith is there. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to walk with God past choke level yep. so you can find out what yep. he can do. Yep. So now what happens? We got all the paperwork. The house has been approved. All of this is working out. And when they do the inspection, yep. they say that there is something wrong with the underneath beam of the house and we will not be able to close by Christmas. The structural engineer did. Yep, sure did. And I say, I'm moving in this house by Christmas. Yep. Everybody's trying to help me. All my friends, my husband, nobody wants me well to be disappointed. Well-intended people. Well-intended people. Well nobody people. wants me to be disappointed. I just keep saying, all I know is we're going to be in this house by Christmas. All I know is they first they say we can't even get a structural engineer out in time. 
All I know is we're going to be in this house by Christmas. I would not let go of my faith. The structural engineer comes out. The expert comes out. He says, the only thing you need to do is add a beam. We called John DeWeese. John DeWeese came and added a beam. They had one appointment. What? They had one, one, appointment one appointment left for closing. One. And we closed the Friday before they, the Friday they shut down yep. for Christmas. Yep. And we moved in to our house yep. in less than a year because we had made a decision yep. to stick in the covenant in Dallas, Texas, in Dallas, Texas because well in November we had decided yep, right. in December of 1999 we had decided we would not rob yep. the tide yep. in less than a year God broke us out of the bondage we was in, got a, something off of our repossession, and see, y'all think I'm done with the story. And guess what? The job he worked at has sent out a memo and told them that they would not be able to give a bonus that yeah. year. But at the last minute, late in the midnight hour when God turned it around, did they get a bonus? Oh, a yes, bonus. they did. And what did we buy with the bonus? Furniture. Furniture. And it wasn't no ugly furniture either. Furniture. <laughs> it wasn't that, that one couch. I was like, we are not taking this ugly couch into this new house. Furniture. And we never robbed God because of it. And we never stopped sewing because of it. And, and we can end here, but, but the story really is even, even better than that, though. Because when we were looking for the house that we fell in love with, our first house, we was actually looking in another neighborhood that really at that time was outside of our price was range. Was outside. And all we could ever think is, man, if we could just live here one day, if we get over here one day, we're going to be so excited. If we could just ever get here one day. Wait, y'all want us to tell the rest of the story? Y'all want <laughs> us to tell the rest of Because I'm telling you, this is staring somebody's face. And here, let me tell you what happens. In the natural it will look like you can't afford to obey God. And I want to prophesy to somebody right now, you are believing for a house. Yep. And it looks like you can't afford to obey God. Let me tell you, you can't afford not to obey God. Yep. And let me tell you this, if you will obey God and walk out the plan, he will give you a sweatless victory and you will live in a house we called our first house the place of Bethel. Yep, place it was the Bethel. place where God showed up. Yep. It was the place where Edwin and Sean Strickland found out for ourselves that God was exactly who he yep. says he was. We had right? a big sign said, said Bethel on The yep. Bethel, the house, the, the house. place where yep. God dwells. Yep. So anyway, they, they say, say they want to. They, they say, say they want to tell the story. They want to. You can't. You can't see some of you sitting right there, and you may be thinking, God, why do you want me to give that lady that Starbucks? God, why do you want me to sew into them to have a washing machine? God, why are you telling me to give her gas when I need a new car? God will use your obedience to break heaven you. open over you, you, and you will see that He has already provided victory for you. My God, listen, it's eleven twenty-five. So anybody who need to go, y'all go. But we got to tell the rest of this story because it really is the story didn't end with us getting that first house that really was just it was almost like a a, a bookmark it's a bookmark for yes. what god did now here's what happens for us many times is that we forget how we got the first victory mm -hmm. and so what i see for a lot of people right now is that when people don't have a lot of money they sow a lot. Yep. They'll sow that $1. Yep. They'll sow that $2. Yep. But when people begin to increase, they won't do it. They won't keep. Because what happens is, is that if people aren't careful, when you didn't have money, you trust God. And but when you got yeah. money, you trust yourself. You start looking at the amount. You start looking and you at. you go, wait uh -huh, a minute. I, uh -huh. I sowing 1000 sowing 2000 5000 And so you start looking at the amount. But literally that $5,000 can be less to you than that $5 was. That's right. 
And so for those of you who have backed up off of your sewing and you used to be diligent and aggressive yeah. in your sewing, that's a lifestyle. That's not just to get yeah. out of your, your gas nope. getting cut off. Right. That right. is a lifestyle. <laughs> you go from faith to faith and level to level and, and glory to glory. That's how you're supposed to live. So anyway, when we first started, uh, here we, we go. You, you so now this sick part of the story. So one of the things, Pastor Edwin used to laugh at me. He don't laugh at me no more, but let's tell me, if I get a vision about something, I'm I'm like a pit bull. And so we wanted to live in this other neighborhood and we wanted to live in our first house. The first house we bought was $121,900, right? And they approved us for $125,000. So we had like a little less than $3,000, about $3,000 as the window, right? We went and saw this house and this house was $184,000 and it might as well have been $1.4 million, as much money as that was for us. We didn't know nobody who had bought no $184,000 house. And we used to, and I started driving. We living in the house that we live in now. And I started driving in that neighborhood every day like I live there. Because we lived, because because just so they understand, the $189,000 house was is in the neighborhood we live in now, but it's a smaller home that we live in now. Yes. But at the time, we were living in the other house. And all we could think about was we were thankful for God for this house that we got. But we just thought, my God, if we could ever get a house like that one down there. And so I started, I started um, driving every day. Driving. I got to say this. She says, Sheila says, I have prayed for guidance. I have fasted and I'm just lost at this moment. Have you sold for breakthrough? Because the truth of it is, mm. we don't pray for financial breakthrough. We sold for financial Ooh, that's breakthrough. In the notes. That's we don't in the pray notes. for financial breakthrough. A lot of you and are you praying can't for money. For you cannot you pray for pray financial for breakthrough. You, you cannot fast, fast for it because you it is a covenant. You yes. sow for it. You yep. can sow a dollar. You can start saying right now, God, all I got is an extra dollar, but yep. I'm going to take this dollar and I'm going to release this seed and I'm going to call this my And house. I know it doesn't make sense naturally because I used to be that way. I used to be that way. I used to say, why in the world would we be sowing money when we could be saving this money? But what I understood is that you could actually sow. And before you end up even where you could have saved the money, not only has God given you the thing you want, but he'll give you the money back. But it really was the process of me getting out of my natural mind about how you just save for money and I had to go from a saving mentality to a sowing mentality from a saving mentality to a sowing mentality and our testimony has been that since Chase has been in this world yep that every single year we have given more every than year. we gave the year before. He's 21. But every single year we have watched God do what we could not have done with the money we gave. Every You need to say that again. We have watched for every how long, year. For how long? For 21 for years. Past 21 for the past years. 21 years, we have been consistent in, in tithing and sowing. And, 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 and our record will show every year we've given more. Every year we've given more. And every year when we count up what God has done, we could not have afforded to do it if we nope. had kept the money. Nope. Because he puts his super on top of our I see it natural. like this. He got us living at 150%. When if we had kept 100%, we could have never lived at that level. We could have never lived at that level. Now, you know why this traps people? This why, why this tricks people? Because the Bible says he intentionally chose the foolish things yep. of this world yep. to confound the wise. And here's what really frustrates me. You know, I go to these conferences all the time and people who don't even believe in Jesus believe in this principle right here. They believe they can sow to their next level. Yep. They believe that and they do it. Anyway, so we so I start. So what? So and, and let me say this. It is important. I'm not saying that you just sow. Right. I'm not saying you just sow. We we sow, we invest, we save. But when we didn't have nothing, when we was in Dallas, we wasn't trying to save money. Or invest. Or invest. 
We started with the sewing. So yes, you ought to do all of them, but some of you are trying to do them all at the same time, but you're neglecting the sewing part because you're trying to do the investing in the saving part first. And I'm just telling you that based on the kingdom, the way that you give your way, you can give your way into financial fortune and it starts with your soul. It starts with your soul. And again, it doesn't always, it may not be money. It For us, be. the breakthrough was us, was a small seed with Bishop Jakes and a couch set. That was our seed because that's what we had. I like what Dexter said. I just want to show, I just want you okay. to see this real quick. He says, when God shows us someone else's need, he's giving us an opportunity to participate in his plan to provide for our own need, even if our need hadn't yet manifested. No, I believe that. That is key. That that's is why, key. that's why I tell people the scholarship fund is great. You don't have to have kids to sow into it. It is a mandate God gave to us. And when you sow into that, you sow into it and you set yourself up for that when you have a need, now you got seed in the ground. Because you might That's not need right to go there, to college, Dexter. but you might need yeah. a certification. Yeah. You might need some, the boss to give you information to you get promoted. You might need your cardinal pay. God can use it any way he wants to. Yes. But you set yourself up when you look for opportunities. I love that. To participate in his plan to provide for other people's needs, you end up meeting your needs. Because God is forward thinking. Yes. He's never just thinking for today. Yes. He's like, I'm going to get Chris to sow this seed today because I know what's coming down tomorrow. Yeah. I know what kind of house she wants. Yep. I know where she wants to live. I know what I have for her. So I'm gonna sew, and I'm going to, I'm, and I'm going, and I'm gonna set her up. I'm gonna give her an invitation to partner with me today, yep. so that tomorrow she can step into what she wants. Yep. It's a you can you need to study so seed time and harvest so you can understand. I can keep I finish that story. Finish story. I keep interrupting. Go can, ahead. Can I finish story. I'm be quiet. So anyway, you, you don't have to be quiet. <laughs> so anyway, so one of the things is this: the Bible says where there is no vision, the people. The people perish because they cast off restraint. We knew we needed to build a, a, to get another house because everyone kept getting me pregnant. And so we had already we was already growing at our house, right? And so what happened is is that I started. Our kids lived there. Our sub it was our subdivision. It was the subdivision that we wanted to live in. And so I had to drive past there to take Taylor to school. And so every day yep. when I dropped Taylor off, I would turn back into that neighborhood like I lived there. And I would drive down to the end of the cul-de-sac and look at the house that was $184,000. And many times because they left it open, I would pull in the driveway and get out and walk through the house like I was coming home. So then we got into the point. Because it was for sale. You don't just be walking I, right. Don't go I to mean, jail, y'all. Yeah, I need you to say that. Don't go it to jail. Don't say nobody was living there. Because you know what Because the same thing. Right. Right. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't go to jail. So right. anyway, one day there is a house that's for sale on the street. Yep. I think that that house is smaller yeah. than the house, which is the only reason I call. I call the lady and I say to the lady, it's for sale by owner. I tell her I would like to see the house. She says I can go and see the house. I go in to see the house. And I don't realize that the house is 2,000 square feet on the top, but it has a whole nother 2,000 square feet on the bottom. Right. I didn't realize that. As I'm walking through this house, I'm thinking, it just ain't no way we can afford this house. There is no way we can afford this house. As I'm getting ready to leave, she says to me, she says, I like you. I think this is supposed to be your house. That's what she said. She says, go get your family when your husband gets off. And bring him over here yep. and see if this is your house. See if it's your house. So I'm like, all right. Well, she think it's my house. And when you got me, you didn't tell me it was 4,000 square feet. I did not because you wouldn't have went. <laughs> you wouldn't have went. You wouldn't have gone. So I take you to the house. Our kids, um, it's Taylor and Chase and um, and Caleb. 
Is it Ka- and Kayla, but he's a he's hip a, baby. He's, he's a, a hip baby, baby. baby. And we're walking through the house and you realize the house is, has a hole downstairs. Mm-hmm. And you whispering to me, we can't afford this house. Mm-hmm. And as we're getting ready to leave, she says, do y'all and like she said, why you got me over here? Why you got me over here? <laughs> why you got me over here? And so she, as we're getting ready to leave, she says, do you like the house? I said, we like the house. I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we can afford this house. She said, yes, you can. And I was like, do she know something about our money that we right. don't know? <laughs> and she says, my brother, my, owns, brother. my brother owns a oh, mortgage company. Yes, We can do whatever it takes to make this deal work if you want this house. What? That's what she said. That's what she said. And when I tell y'all, we went from a 1,753 square foot house, three bedrooms, to a 4,000 square foot house that was six bedrooms. And the difference in the mortgage was three hundred dollars why because her brother because her brother <laughs> and did whatever and was did, necessary and we and, and they gave us they gave money us back, money back, at, back the at closing at closing sure did you better oh um siobhan say you better trust god for you real trust god for real the lord if you will obey god he will give you things that you literally just say. But that God did started it. with the it commitment to not that we steal the made time. All that time back in that when we said, "Hey, we're going to sow this offering," and the commitment is we're going to get in line. We didn't use this language in because we didn't have. We it. didn't have it. But, but we said what we did have was we ain't going to rob God. <laughs> we didn't have the language. We're, I'm gonna be in line with the covenant. We, we said, said, "What we, we gonna, gonna do? Is we gonna stop robbing God?" Because right. we were, we weren't, we were what you call those people. We we tithe when we had some extra. We were situational situational tithers. We had a little extra. We like here, we weren't going on vacation. Here, we didn't have something to do, you know. But when we made that decision that we would no longer wrong God, that was a trajectory for which our life has changed. In the past 21 years, has been a result of that. And then we watch God teach us because the Bible says. To, if you have little and you're faithful, he'll give you more. Yeah. So we begin to give us more knowledge. First, we had to make the commitment to tithe. We made the commitment to, to tithe. Then he started teaching us about giving. Then he started teaching us how we could so targetedly yeah. that if we saw somebody um, who, if we were believing for a car and you got a new car, I want to buy your first car. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. buy your gas. Yeah. I'm not sitting over here saying, I, I, why would I buy her gas? No, yeah. I need to buy her gas because the Bible says that the anointing flows down. So the Bible tells us that anytime we see someone who through faith and patience has yeah. received a promise to follow them and do what they do. Yeah. So there are people out here right now and you're believing God for things, but when God is asking you to release that seed and hear me, because some of you think this is just about church. This is not just no. about the seed you sow here. There it is people. not just financial seeds. And we, we've not, been saying that, yes. but I say it again. It's not just financial seed. But if you're looking for a financial increase, you're not going to get financial increase so in time. You well, help, help the, help the, <laughs> you got, you, the Bible says that every seed reproduces after its what own time. You want a financial seed? You want a financial increase? You need to sow a financial seed. We, we're not talking about this, but I'm gonna say this: You can go back and see through Scripture. Sacrifice moves God. It, Sacrifice moves God. And a seed is really a sacrificial offering. Yeah. Sacrifice moves God. And that's the reason that a person new to the kingdom with no money can sow $5 and it seems like heaven opens up for them. But a person who's sitting on a stack, sow 100 and nothing happens yeah. because sacrifice moves God. And people don't like to talk about this, but the first murder was over a sacrifice yeah. because they two brothers bought an offering and God said, I received one. And he said to the other one, I don't want that mess. And nobody 
nobody really talks about the fact that God is not obligated in his covenant to accept whatever we want to bring. That's why we make it so simple when we talk about giving. Obey God. God. Because look at what the scripture says in Proverbs 11, 24. And we can stop with this. Proverbs 11, 24 says, give what? Freely. Freely. And you will become more what? Wealthy. Wealthy. It says, but be stingy and what? You're going to lose everything. You trying to hold on to what God has told you to sow because you see it as a loss. And God is saying, but if you would release it, it'll come back to you in abundance. He's, it, it, again, it goes back to the scripture you kept quoting earlier. God has used the, 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 the foolish, foolish things of this world to confine those who think they are wise. You think it's wise to disobey God and to hold on to what you have because you think holding on to what you have is going to do something for you. He says, but being stingy and holding on to that is just going to cause you to lose everything. He says, but what you need to learn to do is to give freely. Now, when he says give freely, he didn't say willy nilly. He says give freely. That means give according to God's instruction. Be ready to distribute. Be ready to communicate and do good works. Those are the things that connect you with your covenant, which is your entrustment, which is everything that God ever wanted you to have in this world. He's placed it in trust for you. That's good. I have a word for somebody. And if, if you, you don't have to say it publicly, if it's you, you can send me a message. But I have a word and I have two numbers that the Lord keeps giving me that there is somebody and you do not have a lot of financial resources. And when the Lord tells you to sow, he tells you to sow a dollar or three dollars. And what you say is that isn't enough. Mm, never discount And you your need seed. to understand that it's your obedience that makes it enough. It's not the amount. It's not the amount. It is your obedience. Yeah. And there is somebody sitting here and the Lord, you, you it's a small, it's a small amount, but it's the amount he has told you. And I want to tell you, if you will be faithful in giving that $1, if you will be faithful in that $3, you won't always be there. Mm. But if you continue to say it's not enough, you're disobeying God and the increase you're praying for can't come to you. God doesn't need a big amount. God needs obedience. It's the obedience it's that makes the, the same Everybody world. put it in the comments. It's the obedience. It's the obedience for me. It's the obedience. It's the obedience that makes it enough. So the person who is sitting there discounting their seed, and I see this. This is what I believe I see. You are a single mother and you want a house for your family. Come on. You are a single mother and you want a house for your family and you do not know how you can get a house in your current situation and you don't seem to have very much. Can you just do what he says? Because mm. he already knows, he, God already knows. what he's going to do. He I have always. a word for somebody else. You have a bankruptcy. You have a bankruptcy and you don't understand how God is going to use seed to turn a bankruptcy around. But if you will sow, if you will do what he tells you to do, please everybody put in the comments because these two people really need to hear this. It is not the amount. It's not the amount. It is not the amount. There are some of you out there and you can easily sow $500. You can easily sow $1,000. And if that's where you are, that's what you should do. But this word right here is for the person who has very, very little and you're like, but will God see my seed? He will see your obedience. And if that's you and you don't mind telling me, I would appreciate you telling me. And if you don't want everybody to know, send me a message because I want to be able to agree with you because I want you to hear me.
And the Bible says, if you believe God, you'll be established. If you believe the prophet, you will prosper. There are people that if you obey God before the end of the year, the same grace that is on Pastor Edwin and I, same that got our grace. first house, it will be on you. And by Christmas, mm. and by Christmas, you will be in your home if you obey God. I also heard him say this. You don't have to be a single mother or have a bankruptcy to take that word. Mm. What you have to do is be willing. Latoya Renee Hunt says it's her. Take your house. Take you got to obey God. Take it. You got to obey God. Take it. Do what he tells you to do. Yes. I, I want you to hear me. Rhea says it's her. Listen, it's her. It's not the amount. She said, I just want a home for me and my teenager. God, we release our faith right now that what you did for us, we didn't know half of the stuff that we know now. We didn't know the scriptures that we know now, but we knew how to track your voice. And we released the same grace on their life because of their covenant with us to come and to bring them a house. You said in your words, you would give us houses that we did not build. Father, you have a house for them. Father, you have a house for them. Yes. Angels, go forth and release. bring their house. We call for the release of their house. I yes. call furniture in your house yes. too. I call furniture in your house yes. too. I call furniture in your house too. Father, I thank you for the specific instructions. I thank you for the mortgage companies. I thank you for the realtors. I thank you for the closing costs. I thank you that everything they needed, you have provided and they are opening up the door with their seed. Some of you even right now, you need to sow that dollar seed. You need to sow that $3 seed. And in fact, the Lord says the reason he won't ask you for a lot of money is because you need to understand that it's not the money. It's not the money. It's the obedience. I need everybody who, praying in the, who prays in the spirit to pray in the spirit I think we had six. Chris, can you count for me? I said, if we got six or seven people here, six or seven women who said, I want a house for me and my family. Everybody who is a house owner right now, I want you to stretch your faith and begin to believe God. I just want you to say, do it, God. Do it, God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. Exceed their expectations. Exceed God. their expectations. Yes. And the house he going to give you ain't going to be no junk. Yes. It's not going to be no Exceed mess. And I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. God is going to give you instructions. Some of you, you need to hear me. Hear me. Hear me. You need to begin to drive. Mm. You need to begin to scout the lane. Mm. You need to begin to go and see. I had a young lady. I just told you this. Young lady, she's not even a believer. She's a Buddhist. She said that she was in the nail salon and she heard me mm -hmm. tell the testimony mm -hmm. about my house. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And she started driving and looking in a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Her and her husband had been married for all of these years and had never been able to get a house. She said, but I kept saying, I remember what Sean said in the beauty shop. She said, I want you to know I'm closing on the house in mm -hmm. September. Let me tell you something. We are not perfect, but we hear from God. Mm -hmm. We hear from God. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, we've God learned, we've wants learned to track you. his voice. We've learned to track his voice. God wants you to have a house. And Michael said, God told me to check it. There are some people. Come on, listen, check it out. Today, hear me. Some of y'all, some of y'all, when y'all get through with lunch today, you need to ride. You need to ride. And, and let some me, of you just need to be bold and I know I, I say this all the time. You need to be bold and courageous and just trust God. You, you, the, you, you've heard his voice enough. 
You know, don't let fear keep you from doing what God is saying do. Whether that's riding, whether that's sewing, whether that's moving, whether that's doing whatever. God wants you to be connected to his covenant so that all of the entrustment he has can be poured out on you. Two more things about houses. Do it again, God. Do it again, God. There are some people right now you're living in a house, but the house you're living in is not the house that God has for you in this season. This place is too small. For this you. place is too small for you. Mm. This place is too mm. small for you. And you need to begin to stretch again. You need to stretch your faith. You need to stretch your faith. And then some of you, God yes, is going to. that's gonna, right, Tasha. Tasha, God wants me to have a house. God wants you to have Absolutely. a house. Absolutely. Absolutely he, does. he does. We release houses. Let me tell you something. Every partner connected to Fellowship of Champion, part of your inheritance is, houses. is ownership. It's uh, ownership. Ownership. And notice we said houses. Houses. Ownership. Houses. Not just the one you live in. But there should be others that you have in your possession that you can distribute and be good to if you need to. Listen, Latoya, it don't cost you nothing to ride. It don't cost you nothing to ride. See, you got to learn. Listen, when the enemy tries to choke you out, yeah. it don't cost you nothing to ride. Let me tell you what I know. You become what you believe. Yeah. You ride in the neighborhood yeah. long enough. See, first when you start, we, we laugh at this because whenever the, the Marlos and the Stricklands go on um, vacation yeah. together, the me and Ralph, we'll just go in a, in a gated community. They gate open, we going in there. Ralph and April, I mean, April and Pastor Edwin, they be like, we shouldn't go in here. We going on in there, right? Because I go if the gate over. Y'all be getting the gate. Y'all be getting the gate too open. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm allergic to jail. So I be I'm not caution. going to jail. I'm not going to jail. Every place my feet touch. All right. Come and on, so, and so what happens is if you will begin, if, if you will just say, if, hear me, hear me, even if you like, I don't have the faith for myself, will you do this for us? Will you just say, but I believe my pastors. Mm. I believe my prophets. God, I'm not sure how you go do it, but I'm riding in this neighborhood because I believe my prophets. I like this. You said you become what you behold. And Nietzsche said, and you believe what you behold. And you believe, you what, believe you behold. what you behold. And you believe what you so behold. you become it because you believe it. You become it because you believe it. So when church is over, those of you who are believing God for a new house, I need you to get up and I need you to ride. I need you to ride and search out the land. I need you to ride and search out the land. And I need you to give yourself permission to see something you haven't seen. I told you I had two words. One more word about a house. There is somebody you're going to go and look for a house. And the house you're about to see, it's not your next house. It's bigger than your next house. But it's to set you up to say that your next house is not your final house. Mm. Now, I don't mm. know who that's for. Mm. You're again. actually going to go I, and see a house. That's what he did for us. You're going to go and see a house. Mm -hmm. And this is what I perceive. I perceive that the house you're going to go and see and fall in love with is a million dollar home. That's what I perceive. Mm. But it's not your next house. It's not your immediate next house. It's not your immediate next mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. But it's vision mm -hmm. to where you're going. Mm -hmm. It's going to pull you as it's you go gonna through the natural you process. As you thing. go. Yeah. And so some of you are going to go and see a house. And I need you to be able to discern because I don't want you to get discouraged right. when you say, right. how in the world am I going right. to afford right. a million dollar home? Now I'm going to teach something else, Pastor Edwin and I do. Anytime we see something and we know that thing is in our future. Mm -hmm. But it's not our thing yet. What do we say to We it? say right there. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. We don't say we can't afford it. We took that out of our out of our out of our we'll language years ago. We'll be we'll back. We'll be back. 
So you're about to go and you're about to search. And when you search and you run up on that house, you're just going to look at it and point at it. And you're going to say. Because if Jesus spoke to the fig tree, we can speak to the house. We, Yeah. We'll be back. Homes, homes, homes. Because you know what a home is? What's a home? A home for a believer is an embassy. Mm -hmm. We're setting up embassies in new cities. Mm -hmm. We're setting up embassies in new neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Reggie, send a... um, no, he can send a message. You always say, if Reggie, if this is legit, send a message and our team will take care of you. We're going to remove the comment. All right. So I'll be, I, I will, I will, you got to open up your mouth. You yep. got to obey God and you got to do what he's telling you to do. You got to do what he's telling you yep. to do. So single mothers, people with bankruptcy, people who are in their first home, that it's time to go to their next home and people that God is showing you a vision. But uh, And somebody says, I hear, I hear that. Why would God want to give me a million dollar house? Number one, he loves you, but two, he's going to make you a testimony. Mm-hmm. He's going to make you a testimony. There are places that God wants to put you in just so you can testify. Yeah. There are cars God wants you to drive just so you can testify. There are purses that God wants you to have just so you can Remember, testify. It goes back to those three things. He wants to establish his covenant. He wants to promote his kingdom and he wants to uh, bless humanity through you. He can do that through those things. You know, people, and I might want to get onto the basketball thing, but you look at what LeBron James has been able to do with his wealth. He, he's been a blessing to the kingdom. There are a lot of people who are benefiting off of his wealth. And, hey, Crystal. And, and, and so those are the kind of things that God wants to do in our lives. And that's why you got to have the right heart, because we have two two of our mentors, pastor mentors that both have Bentleys. And they talk about the people that they have led to the Lord when when they're putting gas in a Bentley and some drug dealer says, man, how you got a Bentley? I ain't even got that. And then they lead them to the Lord and disciple them. And God can use anything. But you got to be, you got to. Because he says, if you keep the terms of the covenant, everything yes. you do will prosper. And I love what Dexter, K, Dexter Lee said. Why wouldn't God give us million dollar home if the world celebrates the profane individuals who have them? Why, why wouldn't God? Why would God? I want y'all to stop and think about this. Why would God want his kids to live worse than people who not his kids? Yeah. Why would he, he want He just that? doesn't want the stuff to have you. He just don't want the stuff to have that's you. That's the thing you gotta, that's the thing you need to work out. And what happens is what we want to do is work it out when we get the stuff. But in the kingdom, it doesn't work that way. You gotta work it out before the stuff will ever manifest. Yes. Because God's never going to uh, allow you to receive something that will end up wrecking you. He just won't. So you got to work that stuff out. And when you work it out of you and you just get connected to the kingdom and you're looking for opportunities to do good and you're sowing and you're praying and you're fasting, doing all the things based on the covenant because you know how much God loves you. The the results of that is just all of his blessings. It's just there in the entrustment. It's just there in the entrustment. Listen. So that's it. We've been we've been we, long we, today. We, we, we long today, but we want to give you an opportunity to sow today. And the first thing we want to give you an opportunity to sow is your life. And don't and don't run away. Stay stay on with us because some of you, this is the part that you miss. You hear this and then you you get off and you leave and you don't take this opportunity. Everything that you said is correct, but people gotta put their faith, they gotta put some works with their faith. They gotta put this. Yes. Yes. There is a couple, a young couple, less than 35. 
and you keep trying to make the right time for a house, but the Lord says it's the right time. The reason the house won't manifest is because you keep trying to make the time right instead of going out and doing what he told mm. you to do. Mm. So mm. I don't know who that's for. If you want to tell us that's who that's for. But listen, the first thing you want to do is give your life to the Lord. Because what does it thing. profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? We don't want a bunch of stuff and then go to hell. Mm -hmm. Some of you are in a backslidden state. One of the reasons that you're struggling in the area of finances is because you're just globally struggling in your obedience. Come home. And so if you want to give your life back to the Lord, if you want to give your life to the Lord the first time, we just want to pray for you. It's very, very simple. Just yeah. ask the Lord. Yeah. I believe Jesus died for my sins and I want to be a part of the family yeah. of God. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. And then just like that, you're in the family. But understand that coming into the family, that's just the first step obedience is how you live mm. and get the best of what God has. Yes. Don't just get in the family and live any kind of way, right? And so if you want to give today, and those of you who are giving, it's, it's, I know that on, I know on Givelify, you can put a note. You can you can put a note, I think on all of them. Because I, okay. I got a note from someone on PayPal uh, this week. So if put your note in. If you're believing for a house, if you're believing for a house, put it on your giving note this morning. Send it in messenger to us because we want to keep a list of the people who are believing for a house. And we want to pray over it this. We week. do. We. I mean, y'all. I, I don't know if y'all pray for us as much as we pray for y'all. That that's fine. I, but we pray for y'all during the week. We'll be out walking. And we'll be praying for the parties in our church. So if you're sowing this morning, especially those of you that are believing for a house and you're believing for debt, whatever you're believing for and God has given you an amount to sow, we don't care about the amount, but put the note there. The note gets flagged and that's the things that we see and that's what we pray over during the week. Amen. I, I just got one more thing. I'm sorry. I just, I, I feel that prophetic flow and I hear the Lord saying this. And this is for somebody who has been in perpetual struggle. And I just heard him say this. Your struggle is over. Amen. You need to take that by faith. You have been in perpetual financial turmoil and struggle. But I just heard him say your struggle is over. I'm going to type that. I don't know that I've been struggling about something, but anything I haven't broken through, I'm going to go ahead and receive it. Your myself. struggle is over. So for those of you who are not sowing seeds for houses today, you need to sow into that word. My struggle is over. The authority of the enemy to cause me to struggle is over. Mm -hmm. It is broken by the blood of the lamb. Mm -hmm. My struggle is over. over. My struggle is over. Now I want you to hear me very clearly. This does not mean your circumstances are going to immediately change. It means that you are going to change how you deal with your circumstances. Because your circumstances has changed the manifestation may not be that's right but your right now right now your circumstances has changed what hasn't changed is, is is the way you see it manifested but just like when jesus spoke to that tree and he said no man shall eat of you again it started right then 24 hours later he saw the results of it and i'm telling you that you're going to see the results of this you're going to see the results of it and pass the test when something stares up that looks the same I want you to simply yeah. say, that doesn't belong to me. Mm -hmm. That struggle, doesn't belong to my me. My struggle is over. My struggle is over. Mm. It doesn't belong to me. Mm. You got to learn every package that show up at your house, you don't have to accept mm. it. There are things that the enemy keeps bringing in your life and you got to say, uh-uh, send that back to sender. You send that back to the pit of hell. That don't belong to me. That doesn't belong to me. You don't get to bring that over yeah. here. 
Yeah, she teaches. Nietzsche says you got to align your words with what God said. So even if your circumstances don't look different, you don't keep agreeing with that. You, you got to say what God has said. That's the key right there. Oh, child. All right. This is a good two hours today. So you need to give. Give through Giveify, Push Pay, Tidally, Text to Give, 833-969-0897, right? And we- Don't um, put it off. We, and this Do is- it now. And, and this is so important. You need to follow the instructions that God is giving you. Yes. Some of you, you need to crush rebellion in your life by simply following instructions. You could break the cycles in your life if you would just follow instructions. How do you get free? You obey your way out. Mm -hmm. You obey. That is how you get free of everything. You obey your way out. We love you. We're believing God for you. We just want to pray over you. Father, we declare no weapon formed over your people shall prosper for, you know, the Smith and the weapon and every strategy yeah. that he would bring. I thank you for the supernatural release. I thank you that you have houses and everybody in heaven has a house and all of your kids in earth have a house. And I thank you for the open doors to show them the houses. Father, I thank you for a spirit of courage coming up on your people that what they used to tolerate, they're no longer willing to tolerate. I thank you for a, a spirit of radical obedience, that your people will obey their way into freedom so they can be partakers of what you have provided. I thank you that everything that you're releasing right now, every house, every car, every job, every new client, every bit of provision, that it is designed to fulfill your covenant regarding wealth and that you are going to use your people to be a testimony of your goodness. Yes. Now, Father, I take authority over the spirit of premature death and, and sickness. I declare that they will live and not die and fellowship a champions will be known as the church with partners whose lives are filled yes. and, and their days are fulfilled. Yes. Your life will not be cut short. Yes. Now I send confusion into the camp of every ungodly counselor. I send confusion into the camp of every tormenting spirit and we release the peace of God over you now and we release clarity. Your eyes are clear to see. Your ears are open to hear. Your heart is open to understand and there shall be a performance of what God has said. It is so in Jesus' in name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Listen, we told you we had a couple announcements. Oh, we, we do. To make we got a couple announcements. I got a couple yeah. announcements that I need to make. Number one um, is concerning our reopening. Uh, our reopening on July the 4th, Sunday, July the 4th. You want to be here? You want to be here. But in order to be here, and so let me let me make sure this is very clear. In the Fellowship of Champions, open group in the, the fellowship or page. The page, on the page where you're watching now. You're, you're watching, watching right page. now. Also on the Fellowship of Champions virtual group, group and in the Fellowship of Champions Northwest Arkansas group. group, there has been something posted there. And what has been posted is it's telling you exactly what you need to do to register for service. You can go to that link, okay? If you just read the instructions, here's what it's going to tell you. It's going to tell you that you can register for Sunday, July the 4th, or any Sunday through the month of August. You can register for one of those, or you can register for all of those, or any combination thereof. All we ask is that you do not register if you're not planning on attending in person, okay? Here's what's going to happen. Registration is going to close the Friday before that Sunday service. So if we're talking about the fourth, then registration will close on the second. Unless 
that registration reaches its maximum occupancy, then it will automatically close. So I'm encouraging anybody who is thinking they want to come to in-person service to please, however you interact with Fellowship of Champions, whether it's through the Northwest Arkansas page, whether it's through the virtual group page, or whether it's through this page, last group, I get all confused, but however, you're, if you're hearing me now. Groups are private, page is public. Okay, so the page, Fellowship of Champions page, or the groups, however you interact with us, there has been a, a, a uh, post made, it went live, I think at 11.45. And so uh, if, you, if you have questions, you can reach out through Messenger, you can hit me up on Messenger privately at Facebook, whatever it is, I just need you to know that if you're planning to attend service, especially on July 4th, you're just gonna have to register because we, we have to make sure that we are doing things appropriately. And we can't have people just showing up who haven't registered and then that puts us over the number of occupancy. So I think I said that in a way that makes sense. If I don't, reach out to me uh, and we'll try to make that make sense. So simply, if you want to come to church, register and and local people, you should register because virtual partners are telling us that they're driving up from Little Rock and other places. So, hey, grab your seat and you can register for every service from July 4th through the end of August. You can register one at a time. You can register separately. Don't register if you're not coming. If you're not on the registration list and you come, you may not have a seat unless somebody else doesn't show up. That's what you, is that it? That's it. That's All it. right. And then our other announcements, as you know, uh, they go like uh, Monday, we have uh, Strategies for Success, uh, which happens every Monday. Uh, Pastor Sean does that on her page. Uh, Strategies for Success, 12 noon. She does it on her professional page and on her personal page. And then on Tuesdays, we have uh, Tuesday Night Prayer. You ought to be a part of that. Thank you for those who came out last week. We had about 80 something of you on uh, last you. Tuesday. Then we have Wednesday night. Uh, Bible study, refresh Bible study at 8 p.m. Uh, that's done by Pastor Ralph. Uh, he's been teaching a series about understanding God's love for us. Uh, and it's been awesome. It's been dynamic. So you want to come uh, and check out Wednesday night Bible study. On Thursdays, we have Ignite and we have Victory Zone. Uh, we also uh, have on Thursdays that you can check out for our littles. They have what's called Bible trivia right now. That's the lesson that they're doing. They're learning about the Bible, but more importantly, learning how to live out the Bible. Ignite is at 7 p.m. If you want to get your teens connected, make sure you go to focchurch.com uh, for more information. And then on Friday morning, Friday morning, the champions meet. Friday morning at 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, we have what's called Champion Circle. Uh, those of you who, who have been there know that we have some uh, pair powerful times of prayer. Uh, and again, it's just our way that we believe that everything is birthed in our ministry has been birthed through prayer. Amen. And so we do it on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, and we do it on Fridays as we prep for the weekend. And then we come right back here on uh, Sundays, 9.30 a.m. with Pastor Chris in Elder Valley at Christian Valley Worship. If you haven't liked her page, like it. Uh, people say, well, y'all doing praise and worship? We do, but we do it through Chris's page uh, at 9.30. Uh, and then uh, we switch over at 10 o'clock uh, to Sunday celebration. On July 4th, Chris will be here live. She will be doing praise and worship live. It'll still be on her page, but she'll be here in the building doing it live. So you don't want to miss that. So make sure you go and like her page if you haven't. If you haven't liked the FOC page, make sure you do that. If you're not a member of any of our groups and you want to be, do that. I try to make sure we put all the information in all the different places on all the different platforms. And so listen, 
We appreciate you guys hanging in there with us today. Uh, it, it went a little longer, but hopefully the stories and the prophecies will uh, will impact your life. You know, sometimes you just got to catch a prophetic word when it goes out. Amen. Uh, and teaching is great. Take it. Teaching is great. But every now and then the Lord will, will send a prophetic word. And it's the thing that changes the trajectory of your life. Amen. And so for those of Amen. you that are believing for houses and those kind of things that Amen. Pastor John prophesied about, I declare it's it's for you. And, and it, it's, it's, it's for you and it's in you. And trust me, and no devil can take it from you. Amen. Amen. So we love you guys. God bless you. Uh, we hope you all have a wonderful, amazing day. Stay out of the heat if you can. If you're going to be in the heat, make sure you hydrate. Uh, we don't want anybody passing out and falling out. And do the do the natural things so that the supernatural things can just take you to the next level. Amen. All right. All right. We love y'all. Bye bye.